What up, what up, what up, San Antonio, El Paso, Abilene, people up in Lubbock, people up in Tyler, people up in the Shaw City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region. You're tuning here to the Monday edition of the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas... Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios, and today's show is being presented by Dosecchi's. Get a dose. All right. 877-37-GRIND is your number to participate. If you know what you want to talk about, like always, it is open phone lines. The only thing we ask you to do is call during the breaks uh, and be patient during the long segments and breaks, and we'll get to the phone calls accordingly. Also, uh, keep in mind, if you need to reach out to me or follow me on Twitter, you can do that at SportsGrind. And also, if you want to stream the show live uh, and leave comments, and I'll read those in real time, okay, and respond to those in real time if I can. If not, I'll go ahead and respond to them later. But we've been getting to them uh, pretty frequently here, reading them live on air. And also, keep in mind, if you ever uh, miss any of the shows live, you can always go to sportsgrindonline.com where you can download the podcast daily, seven days a week, 365. And if you're ever traveling or in an area that basically doesn't carry on terrestrial or we're getting preempted by Astros or Rangers you can always check to see if we're on live by going to sportsgrindonline.com and clicking the play listen play button 377 grind what's up Mr. Clark ready to rock and roll alright short weekend wasn't it oh man yeah yeah it's always is back to reality on Monday but what that means is we've got a lot of stuff to cover to get to the sports action over the weekend that took place uh, first off um you know, in our own backyard, um, we had crowned the XFL champion, uh, Stoops XFL team. What's what's the name of them again, Jonas? The Arlington Renegades. The Arlington Renegades, led by old coach Bob Stoops. And um, it went down in the 2-1-0 in the Alamo Dome. And you were allowed, you you were there in person at this particular game, correct? I want to hear about your experience, so how the uh, 2-1-0 conducted themselves, considering they didn't have a dog in the race uh, since our San Antonio Bramas was out, knocked out of it. How did it go? Uh, it was all right. Uh, good game. Very quality game. Um, you know, maybe, maybe felt a little bit light on the attendance. I think announced attendance was somewhere in the 20,000s. Um, didn't feel like it. Uh, at all, uh, and it felt like I don't know. I, I've, I've, from being in the press box for a number of events out there for UTSA games, or being in the crowd there for AAF games before. Um, I don't, it felt like a typical San Antonio game, which is I, I guess not maybe what, what what I expected from the XFL. Um, and it being an XFL championship game. So you expected more from the. Let me get this straight. You you expected more from the crowd. No, I, I expected more production value. I think is really what I was what, what I was really kind of looking for. Um, but the game the game was very good. Uh, I think that the the weather you know they were supposed to have some outdoor festivities on the mm-hmm. AGB Plaza. Uh, the weather put a damper on those, and they didn't get to do those things. Right. Um, but overall, it was a great game. Uh, you know, congratulations! You know, the, the congratulations to Arlington and their fans. They traveled down pretty well. Um, the DC Defenders fans. I mean, there was a lot of them wow, in the house. That's a long travel. And um, I, I know they had like only what one loss in the year going into this game. I think. You know, I it's one of those things that I didn't really follow the one. XFL this okay. year. Uh, having the opportunity to see a championship game mm-hmm. first one since what two thousand one. 
um, for the XFL. You know, the, the opportunity, because they didn't get to finish their other season, remember? Right. Um, so the opportunity to see a, an XFL championship game in our backyard, I was, and it, I was like, how could I not? Well, one thing I want to touch on in regards to your expectations of production, because I do, I do think that's human nature in regards to everybody being spoiled by the NFL, and that's why it's so hard to make these other leagues m- happen or work i should say uh but let's keep it real i mean again we're talking about most likely a a shoestring budget to put this league together Uh, you know we're not even counting the three million or two and a half three point five million that dwayne johnson paid uh you know vince mcmahon and that crew and that board those board members the rights the intellectual property rights to XFL. That's number one. So that wouldn't surprise me. But, you know, I really, first of all, I think it's a success because the bar was low. They made it a complete season. Uh, They didn't have to stop the season. They crowned a champion. And also, you know, when I hear the amount of players um, that are getting invited to camps that are coming from the XFL, I mean, Beneducci, just signed a contract with the Denver Broncos, which I have my thoughts on that and what that means. But after inviting him, I see the Rock's long-term vision, and I and I think he's on to something. I think he's gonna work. It's gonna work because the way I look at it, probably the one thing, and you got to give his ex-wife a lot of credit. I mean, AC never lets me forget that. Oh, don't forget, she's part of that. Oh, she's been with. They're not even together anymore. They continue to work. That's crazy. That's when you know you got to ride a die one. But I think both of them did the total opposite of what Vince McMahon did the first go around and even the second go around. See where Vince part, there was other reasons, the reason why he made mistakes for I've always said this, the rush he tried to do to launch this, the, you know, underestimating how long, I I don't care what league it is, but when you're talking networks and you're talking about trying to, you know, get players and coaches, you know, Vince the first time around back in the day, tried to launch this within six months, five months. First of all, Dwayne took his time. And second of all, I think one of the, the biggest differences that I believe, don't have any inside information on this, but I do really believe took place, that Rock did that Vince McMahon didn't do, and I don't even think they did on the second go around. And I think instead of trying to be, this is what we, this is what we allow that the NFL doesn't allow. This is why you'll like us instead of the NFL. What Dwayne did, I believe, is start has built some type, and he's had and he's had a answers to the test for a while. He's dealt with the NFL before in regards to his show on HBO, having to get licensed. He's worked with the powers of be of the NFL before. So I think the difference is going into this, having relationships and building relationships with the National Football League instead of making the XFL about what the NFL doesn't do or we're going to fill that void while you're waiting in the summer. I think that that's built for long-term success because, again, you're going to have a situation where you don't have to necessarily call it like that. But I believe there is potential, and it depends on how patient Dwayne wants to be, how much of his backing is into this, which I think he's in it for the long haul. You have an opportunity to really become some type of farm system for the National Football League. And um, and that's what I think. What are you, what are you shaking your hand for? No. Because, I'm, I, because you're acting like this is something new. This is exactly what the AAF did before. There was 19 players that spring after that league fell apart that were, ended up in NFL camps as well. But who ran the AAF? But when was that league? Who ran that league? And when, Ep- when, when, was, when was that Ebersole, and that was 18. That was the one that you went back when I was just on the other side of the glass, mm-hmm. running the boards. Yeah, and 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 that it, it was it, that was Ebersol. 
Yeah. And they wanted to do things differently. You're acting like this is some no. kind of new concept that spring football feeds into the NFL. Listen. So these are a lot of kids who are, this is just like going off to community college. Look, this is the Playing way I, spring football for an opportunity the, the, to go ahead and parlay this, this into something this else. This is why I'm going to disagree with you and push back. It's the same because, first of all, who you, Dick Embersall, because he's the CEO and founder of NBC, and Vic's man, man built a behemoth in the WWE. First of all, just because you do that and work with the NFL, it depends on what kind of credibility you come with, on how much they want to work with you and how much they open your arms with. Dwayne, the AAF had a contract with CBS Sports and the NFL I, Network I, where the NFL Network man, aired N- games. N- NFL going to take anybody. NFL will take your money to air some programming, Jonas. I'm talking about you can't deny that there's been over 30 to 40 guys that are going to be invited to camps off of this genre. The reason why I, I see what you're saying in regards to like what Calvin, I'm not saying they Dwayne has you know you know cured cancer or deserves something but it's about relationships buddy it's about he has a credibility with NFL owners in the NFL that a lot of these guys Embersol Vince McMahon they didn't have meaning due to the fact of it is when they first I'm old enough to remember when they first launched XFL first of all it was it was a rush product and it was a gimmick and all Vince McMahon wanted to do was throw the NFL on the bus the this first, is what we the, do the first the time first one the second the, two, the, early the second time around the only adjustment they made they planned a little bit more planning into it but it was nothing about trying to build anything with the NFL that burnt bridge was already burnt and then COVID hit so they had to they just had bad luck what I'm telling I'm not telling you that Dwayne Johnson is inventing something new what I'm telling you is that his relationship with NFL and owners prior to this helps the fact that he played the game at a major university in Miami and he has ties to some of these players and he is a He's a he, he's a business. He's a brand. I think it does make a difference to where you'll get more to, to lean to work with and more credibility where these guys, this number of guys are basically invited to camp. Now, the difference is, does he have the backing and the resources to last longer than that league you're talking about? Because I don't believe that particular league, again, that's when you were on the side of the other glass. That's why we try to tell you then and before the all these leagues are up against it. And I set out, whether it was Dwayne Johnson running this or not, I said, hey, the XFL's got to show me first before I get excited. And they com- the, the first job is done. They completed a full season. The other two people that was at the helm of this can't say that. And what I'm telling you is when you get this many guys invited, so therefore guys are in I'm not saying that the Canada League, the USFL, I mean, back in the day, I mean, hell, no, I'm not thinking this is something new. Uh, Jim Kelly played for the uh, Houston Gunslingers. Okay, that was way back in the what I'm telling you is when you have a and and the credit to Dwayne, he didn't change the name. He kept it XFL. But I just feel that this is something I believe personally, that's his long term plan is to because if you can, it's no different than the WNBA. If the WNBA, again, that's the NBA product, that's official NBA product. But if that's not for the NBA, the WNBA, yes, they've taken leaps and bounds. Hell, they just saw, I just saw the attendance in the first game they played over in Canada or wherever it was. High attendance for the WNBA. They're in training camp now. If it wasn't for the NBA, the WNBA would have folded a long time ago. What I'm telling you is that his surviving power is if I'm not saying this is going to happen overnight, but if you continue to get a good product and you have guys that don't get drafted or guys that had a dream in college, they didn't have it. But you put them on a stage where you've got former 
respectable. I mean, look at the coaches he had. He had a Super Bowl defensive coordinator in Greg Williams that coached that team on defense that you went to go see. They've got Wade Phillips as a former defensive Super Bowl winning champion. They got Bob Stoops that's basically won national titles. You've got credit. Embersall. Uh, 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 they didn't have these type of coaches in there. You got Heinz Ward in our own backyard. What I'm telling you is who he's associating with himself gives him the opportunity of staying power long term because you scratch my back, I can scratch yours. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Well, the AAF, I mean, you had you only had you Mike Singletary. You only had Steve Spurrier. But the foundation wasn't there, Jones. I mean, they didn't make it. I mean, they Mike did not Vick make was it. There as an how, how, how long did that league that did that league even make it a full year? No, they went bankrupt. Okay, that, that's half the so, battle. So, so make it so make it a point about the money, not about the fact that because because the Rock might have a better foundation. He has he. Congratulations to him. They made it. The XFL made it through a season, but don't act like spring football and, and what they're doing and the the guy sending guys in the NFL is going to be anything new. Congratulations. It's not. It's not going to be anything new. It's going to be. It's, but, but, but it's going. It could be a successful hustle because everyone you compare to failed. So all I'm telling you is this is it. It ain't it. Everybody, there's nothing in this country. It's it, it's barely anything in this country that's original, Mr. Clark. It's about can you take it and whoever didn't you know execute this right. I ain't just talking about football. Anything. It's about who comes in and polish it and makes it get to the next level. And I'm not telling you Dwayne's gonna do that. I'm just telling you he's off to a good start. And I'm sorry, that is not normal to have that many guys going invited to camp off of one league in the time. And it's not. Now I'm not saying it. Warren Moon came from the Canada League. Doug Flutie played in the Canada League. So I go back to where I was old enough to see that. What I'm telling you right now to have 30 to 40 guys off of a league that already came up against it, they've got like about 30 guys. Jonas, at least I know in different camps all around they've been invited. Now whether they sign on to NFL teams, that's two different stories. I'm not going to say you're going to look up in September and 30, 40 guys that play in the XFL going to make NFL rosters. Man, tough crowd, man. You're a tough crowd. I mean, what, what, were they, you, you mad because they didn't have fireworks and stuff at the production and the kickoff and the introduction that you're just going to give them a, fa you know, just lose all hope because they didn't make Jonas Clark happy when they did the introduction from the PA guy? No, it, it, it's again, I'm, I've been a spring league football fan for years. The reason why I didn't buy into this one is because the other two did go bankrupt right, first right. Because, because they couldn't finish a season. Right. So it was like, all right, show, show me you can get there. Let's get to season two. Huh. And then I'll buy it. Then I'll really buy in. Okay. Okay. Well, so they've gotten there. And I know you're not a big spring football fan. I know that you look at the, you downplayed the commanders when they were here in town. You downplayed that league. Because I just, because I could you, tell because it you didn't wasn't going to happen. Product. But to act again, I don't think 30, 40, we'll look at, we'll get the totals as they come out. But in the days after the league, the AAF fell apart. There was already 15 guys in camp there. Okay. Well, I'm just telling you so the AFL. They, the, overall, the game, the XFL was a, a good. It was a good game. Congratulations on them completing a season. Mm -hmm. Let's run it back for year two. All right. Keeping it going. Well, there's other things to get to as well too. We've got NHL hockey uh, to continue to roll on tonight. You've got uh, Game Seven between the Stars and the Kraken. We've got the Vegas Knights who punched their ticket again to another Western Conference Stanley Cup Finals. This and people, this is an infant program in hockey. I mean, this they've had some. There's, I can't think in history of any major sport that you've had probably a franchise that was truly an expansion. I'm not talking about a team that somebody inherited. 
you know, I'm talking about a true expansion that's probably had this much success this early on in expansion. Can't remember that. I know early in those years, Carolina Panthers uh, went to a conference championship game, lost to the Packers. Um, I know, you know, Jacksonville had some success early on, but to go to these finals, uh, Western Conference finals, and maybe have an opportunity to go to another Stanley Cup uh, finals, I've got to tip my hat out to the ownership and the people out in the Vegas Knights um, as they get ready to move on. And if you look at it, I mean, we could possibly be having a Hurricanes, Florida Panthers, Vegas Knights, and Seattle uh, cracking. A final four that cities ain't got really nothing to do with hockey. You think hockey, you think Canada. You think everywhere. We're Listen to this. Florida. So Florida, Carolina, possibly up in Seattle, in Kurt Cobain country, and then possibly, uh, you know, with Vegas. That's who could be in your final four in the Stanley Cup. Crazy. Crazy. But like the great one said, man, parody is everywhere, and you got better coaches than ever. I'll take the great one, Mr. Wayne Gretzky's name, uh, his word on it. When we get back, we've got to put a bow on these um, second round NBA divisional games. Uh, we've got to really talk about the 76ers. My goodness. Also, Monty's out at Phoenix. Also, could Doc be following him? And then also, also, we've got. Eastern Conference and NBA uh, Western Conference Finals to look at, and then anticipation in the 210 tomorrow night with the draft lottery. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dosecchi's. Get a dose. We'll be back. Are you ready for a real cocktail? Then crack open a great tasting Zing Zang ready to drink cocktail. Like our Bloody Mary with vodka in a can. It's full strength with 9% alcohol and America's number one Bloody Mary mix. Or try our mango margarita crafted with silver tequila and real mango puree. Unlike those hard seltzers, each can is made with premium spirits and real ingredients. Just like a bartender made it for you. Zing Zang. Always bold, always ready. Go to ZingZang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Official sponsor of the Sports Grind. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to ChooseTiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing and spinning the one and twos. 
All right, we are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios, and today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Specs. There's nothing like the arrival of spring and the accompanying smell of fresh cut prices in the air at Specs. Nobody does wine like Specs with a Texas size selection of world class wines at a lower price. You'll find a perfect zing for spring at Specs. That is Specs, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. All right, 377. Or excuse me, eight seven seven three seven grind. All right, so there's other things besides hockey. Of course, you got baseball going on. Mets are really off to a struggling start. Um, you know, in regards to, I know they're about to have some day action now. They they really struggled uh, considering their payroll. I mean, they're right around five hundred, a game of below five hundred at twenty twenty one. Um, I've watched and pitching is a problem. We know JV just came back off the bench. Um, I'm really pleased with what I'm seeing with the Rangers, though, early. I know it's early, but managing, I, I said it last week, it definitely makes a difference. Um, I haven't really dived in yet to see exactly how they're doing. But, I mean, they're 25 and 15. Everybody knows I'm a big Bochy guy. He's one of my favorite managers of all time, only because he drinks like a bottle of red Cabernet a night. That's pretty why I started like I was like, man, I would love to have a glass of wine with him. And plus, anytime you can still move at that age with bad hips and everything, I got props. He, he can manage his ass off, man. Um, so baseball continues to go on. We had a scary incident, uh, over the weekend in regards to Colorado, uh, Rockies game in their pitcher, um, took a line drive, uh, right off the dome. I mean, I, of course I didn't see this live, but you saw it in the, uh, and pretty much the hot, the highlights and Ryan, uh, Feltner, um, for the Colorado Rockies, they say he has a a fractured skull. Um, but that is just one of those that, you know, I, I hope it doesn't happen in my lifetime, but I, you just have to wonder if sometime one of these days a pitcher or anybody for that matter on the field is going to lose their life off of a, of a line drive, uh, you know, um, at the league, big league level. The guys are bigger, pitching's becoming faster, and that's just, you know, speed hit that bat. And, you know, it's always, and I was one of those, and trust me, if it wasn't worried for somebody probably dying, I think Major League Baseball would have entertained going to a Luno Bats a long time ago because you save money. Uh, and you would get big money from Easton and all these guys that give you, it's like they give these colleges money to play with Easton Bats and all that, but somebody die. So I uh, hope he has a speedy recovery. That's a frightening thing. I, I mean, I think there's no different than going into a NASCAR, Indy open car and going through a wreck and what you have to go through mentally just to be able to get back in that car. And especially, I would assume the same things being on the mound, especially when you're talking about a, a fracture struggle. I mean, to get hit, uh, the fracture your skull, you've got to really take a blow, you know, in my opinion. Hope I ever never find out, but that's the reality of things. So hope everything is getting better um, and he's on a speedy raid to recovery. Um, also, uh, speaking of um, other things going on, um, NFL, definitely we've got some things to talk about in the NFL. You've got uh, most rookies that started three-day camp yet last week. This week is the first time you'll have veterans report early just for a few days to have the veterans and the rookies on the same before we get into a few weeks later in June and mandatory OTAs. And next thing you know, camp will be here before we know it. But definitely got some interesting things going on. We've got a trade. The Browns made a move. I definitely want to talk about that here. I, I like that pickup for them. We'll talk about that shortly. Uh, so we've got 
quite a bit to get to, but let's start in the NBA and the National Basketball Association where yesterday's action. Uh, first of all, even before we get to yesterday, because let's start Friday where we, we saw the Lakers uh, do what they had to do and finish Golden State off in six uh, at the Crypto Center. Um, you know, really LeBron. Uh, I think that was really about the tone LeBron set from the get-go. Uh, from being aggressive and playing downhill. Uh, he played without a doubt with not wanting to send that game back to the Chase Center um, and getting it done. Um, I thought Anthony Davis uh, showed up defensively, especially, especially uh, on the defensive side. Uh, so they had to deal with that to do, and you got to give a lot of credit to uh, Coach Ham. Um, he was dealt a difficult hand at the beginning of the season. Rob Palenka basically made adjustments at the trade deadline and definitely, definitely improved and made the team better. But it all starts with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. But Ham is really, you know, uh, to go against what I still believe is the best coach in basketball and Steve Kerr and, and whether they had depth or not or there was, you know, no show from certain guys, that there's nothing that he deserves a lot of credit. I mean, he deserves a lot of credit. Um, I think on the losing side with Golden State, um, I've, I, I've, I've heard this before and I've been through these conversations before after KD left and after they went through the whole lottery and drafting wise and stuff as the dynasty's dead and it's going to be done. Well, I think the first thing in order, and even before we talk about the offseason, let's just talk about that particular game. Um, without a doubt, you know, this is the – without a doubt, I would say this is the worst playoffs run that I've seen Clay Thompson have since he's been a warrior in a warrior uniform. Now it's well documented the type of the two devastating injuries that he had to come back from. Um, we even saw last year during the title run. I mean, we saw glimpses, but it was obvious that again, he was still a service player, but I think those injuries really took away from him on the defensive side of the ball, the lateral movement, but these, you know, going back to the Sacramento series and even this series, I mean, he technically only had one to two, pretty much clay games throughout these both rounds combined. He had an awful uh, Lakers series. You know, it's I don't know if it was something personally he was going through. I don't know, but I've never seen him that shook and that lack of confidence in a while. And when I say lack of confidence, I'm talking about you can t I can tell from my couch when Clay is thinking so much before he lets it rip before he goes. Whether he's trying to get a guy to fly by, whether he's pump faking, just just a bad series in general. Um, I think also. Um, the big thing with them in this series, they really got nothing from Jordan Poole. I mean, and when they made the decision to give Jordan Poole that 125 extension, whatever it was, he was supposed to be the guy that would be able to count on to be the young legs, the young, the experience, the other score to take pressure off of Steph Curry, Steph Curry or Clay, if one of them had off game. I think in that particular series, even in the offseason, I mean, excuse me, in the particular series and even the Sacramento series, Poole had a game in game two against Sacramento. And maybe, I, and I think personally that was it. Poole was just a no-show. I think obviously there's, there's still, I can even say, tell in his post-game, there's still more, more maturing he has to do. I've said it all season that I felt that he's, I've never seen an athlete money change them, in my personal opinion, looking from afar. Don't know the young man personally, never met him, probably never will. But I've never seen a... a an impression of what I feel that money has changed a certain individual just in the context of the team. Like I had Jordan Poole. 
Um, also, I think really what did Golden State in, I mean, that was a game. I, I, at the end of the first quarter and the second quarter, I knew that they were in trouble. Probably about the end of the first quarter. Because normally in game sixes that they've been able to stave off, whether they were faced in elimination, down, whatever. You could tell from get-go, especially led by Steph first, then Draymond and Clay. They get it from the get-go, and they didn't have it. And really, I think Steph eventually found his shot a little bit later. It was too late, but both of them combined started like two for 14. One was two for 14. One time, Steph was like three for 10, four for 10. It, it was just bad. So that's on that. I think when we look at this conversation that I said I've been a part of before, there was a lot of people putting dirt on them. After KD left, they said they would never win another one. They did. And this is after participating in the lottery pretty much two years for two years. Um, I would say first, before you ask the dynasty done, you have to ask, you have to start with the general manager. I mean, he's still undecided on what he wants to do. He is a big, 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 big part of this whole thing. I think it really starts with him. Um, and then from that point on, I don't know if he's looking for new challenges. I know over the weekend, I'm, I'm not a podcast guy, but I know I was driving around and accidentally came across his podcast that he has now. And I was able to hear a conversation. There's nothing, especially when you're in this industry and you do this as long as I've done. I don't care if it's on a national stage or local. The last thing I want to do is listen to somebody else work. Do it. That's like I've always said that that's like going to that's like getting off at McDonald's and going to hang out with your buddy at Jack in the Box. I, I normally don't want to sit there and listen to sports talk listener, but this podcast with him, first of all, it was Donna Tarasi and him for one segment. And then I was unfortunate to catch the next one. And I think this was tight probably over a month ago back one with him and Steve Kerr. They're really doing this like they don't work with each other. Like it's questions. I mean, he's doing a good job, but it's very intriguing. This guy is very intriguing. Now, I don't know if it's a new challenge he's looking for, if it's money. But that's the first thing you're going to start with if you know that it's going to be different and done because he's the guy <clears throat> responsible for cooking the groceries and seeing what he did in Steve Kerr and picking uh, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson. Other. And I think there's an emotional attachment to that. Now, if he comes back, everything I hear from Draymond sounds like he has intentions of coming back. But the reality of it is there's a big ticket. There's a big fat luxury ticket that that owner is paying right now to keep this roster together and you can't afford to do that. I don't care how many championships you got or middle of dynasty run. You can't afford to do that. If you think that you have a second round at best type of team, if you keep everything intact, the obvious is, and probably can get the most in return is probably going to be Jordan Poole. And I think personally, just from the makeup of him individual, cause you can have all the talent you want to, but if the chemistry is not there, if like your personality is not right, you can't win. That's in any sport. If you've got personality problems in your locker room, you can't win. So I think they've got to evaluate that. I think they can get something for Jordan Poole. Now, who wants to take that contract? I mean, if you look at somebody, I mean, I've heard names such as ours in our backyard, the Spurs, you know, or something like that. I mean, there's business, there's history right there between Steak or whatever. Now, does Jordan Poole work it somewhere down here coming in with championship spirits with this young team? Possibly. Do I what I want him? I don't know about that. I don't know. But those are the teams that you can look at that maybe could take on that salary. But to sit there and say the dynasty's done, no. I think as long as Steph is short, Steph is the kingpin. As long as, or I should say the linchpin in all of it, not kingpin, but he's the linchpin in it. I think as long as he's able to play at his level and he, he keeps himself in great condition and good shape, I think you can put pieces around him. I, I think that the ownership is in a situation where you have a big three that has accomplished what they've accomplished. You want them to stay in the uniform and retire uniform as much as you can keep that possible. I, you know, that the, the, to me, 
the interesting factor is this with Klay Thompson. Because, you know, coming off of a series or a playoff series he's had, and what I'm hearing reports is Klay wants around the $40 million a year range. I don't know about that. I don't even know if he can get anybody out of the 29 other teams to give him at the time, but I think he still can be serviceable. But they definitely got some questions to answer, but I wouldn't throw dirt on them uh, just yet. So that's going to set up uh, a Western Conference Finals between the Lakers and the Nuggets. We'll spend more time in getting that, breaking that down tomorrow because they start um, actually tomorrow. Uh, so we'll get into my thoughts, and I'll let you know who I'm riding with that. should be a very intriguing series. But moving on, last night we put the last piece of the puzzle when we found out who's going to take on the Heat, and that's because the 76ers got uh, boat raced. They just got skull drugged. They got killed. Whatever you want to use in Boston. It was another Boston massacre. And um, look, man, there's this situation. Like, we've seen some blowouts in basketball during this playoffs. We've seen some teams just basically mail in. When you talk about it, we, we, we had discussions about, you know, Monty, which we'll get to him, and the Suns, the way they lost two years away. This, to, to me, is way worse because it's hard to really, you know, you can't really go to factors for the reason of them, even on the road, getting beat like this in a beat down in game seven. But I think the two guys at the center of this, and players make plays, coaches coach, you could have the greatest coaches, but again, players got to execute. The center of this is James Harden before we get to Doc. Um, crazy stats are coming out about James. Um, I've heard in the last 24, 48 hours, um, 30%, 30 to 32% shooting percentage in closeout games. Most of his closeout games are, you know, elimination games in game six in his career. Uh, that's not good. Um, I think when you look at yesterday, that is probably, you know, you have the performance a years back against the Spurs, okay, in that first round. Then you've got that James Harden performance when he's in rocket uniform. Then you've got some others that are sprinkled, you know, even in the playoff situation with Philly of last year, even before. It's two things. One, I think it's safe to say now that we just know, look, James is not that guy. I think he's a hell of a player. I think he is going to be a Hall of Famer someday. But he's not that guy that we expect that's going to carry 30 or show up in a closeout game. We've got enough evidence to know. And to me, I don't even think you can blame it on age. Like, well, James just can't do that anymore. The way, nah, it's more than that, man, because he hasn't showed it even when he was younger. Um, number two, I think James and, and these these rumors started to surface right around the Dre deadline and stuff. And I and it was crazy to me because I felt that. I knew what Philly was playing for. I knew they were playing for a championship, at least the Eastern Conference championship at worst case scenario. And you started hearing talks about wanting to go back to Houston. And I knew that that had to be leaked from James Harden camp. It has to come from them. And I thought at that time it was odd and kind of selfish. But with that said, he needs to go back to Houston. And the reason why I say that is because, for one, a city like Philly and the expectations – that Philly has playing against uh, Joel Embiid, which I'll get to him here shortly. I don't think wherever you put – James needs to go back to a place. There's obviously a reason he wants to get back to Houston, according to these reports months ago. And I believe, for one, it's their nightlife. He's comfortable there. He's got a lot of personal ties there. And I think now that I'm telling you the reason why it's a good thing for him to go back to Houston, because James doesn't need to be around any team, and he doesn't need to be a part of any team that's trying to quest for a championship. 
go to Houston where they're going to get another top three pick possibly, maybe the number one overall pick. We'll find out tomorrow. A bunch of other young guys, and there'll be no expectations. You can go to the strip clubs in H-Town. You can eat all the wings you want, the buffets, and you don't have to worry about, trust me, the Houston Chronicle and them guys down there, they'll be looking, um, they'll, they'll be occupied over the next few, few years, okay? Uh, they, they, they've got with the C.J. Stroud, all right, they'll basically go ahead and D'Amico Ryans, they'll keep them occupied. I think you'll go down there and you'll hide and hide. There'll be no expectations. James doesn't need to be anywhere where the, he just doesn't have. He crumbles. Yesterday was the worst performance I've seen. That made that Spurs performance look 10 times worse. I mean, yesterday, you're talking about dribbling off the foot, passing ball out of bounds, spending more concentrating on trying to draw a foul than finishing at the bucket, tripping over his own feet. You would have swear he had Boston money line. I mean, it's just embarrassing. And I've said this for years, and I've said it for months. James Harden is not going to be 15 years. When it is 2050, 2045, 2040, and James is old, and he's retired, and he's got all this money, he is not going to wake up in a cold sweat for I never want to ring. He might wake up in a cold sweat like, oh, my damn. Did I, did I, did I one night stand her? Did I, oh, my gosh. Did I take care of myself? Did I protect myself? He might wake up in a cold sweat because of that. But he ain't going to wake up in a cold sweat. It won't bother him like it bothers Charles Barkley. It won't bother him like it bothers Reggie Miller. It won't bother him because like it bothers Patrick Ewan, John Stockton, Malone. It won't. Because for one, he ain't in the class of none of them guys I mentioned. But it's just his his demeanor after the game is just, it's just terrible. He just doesn't care, and that has to do where I've always said there are guys that take this like a job. Just like you got to clock in somewhere nine to five that you really don't want to be at. Some of these guys are fortunate enough. You don't get to the NBA with hard work, but when you get there, it's a job to them. And I think that's what has come to James Harden. I think he's always viewed it that way. Come on, coming from Arizona State. Coming from where he come from, and you're talking about what Adidas gave him like 120, 130 a couple years ago on top of the NBA contracts, he don't care. It's a belly full. Now, to Embiid, Embiid didn't have a game to write home to mom about either. He didn't look as bad as James Harden did, but that lets you know how bad James Harden is because really no one's really coming at Embiid as hard as they should because I guarantee you I like to be a fly on the wall uh, in Philly today. And sports talk radio, they're getting they're getting it in. But the deal is, is that with Embiid, it's a slippery slope about his comments after that he had. Now, allegedly, he sent he almost said the same thing. He texted, he sent a group text to his players, similar to what he met with the media afterwards. I want to touch on that when we get back. Also, um, again, down here in the two one zero, we're less than probably a little bit over twenty four hours in finding the faith. Uh, we're going to find out if this, to get the answers to the test, this project that we've been on for the last, I would say the last couple of years, it ain't just been this year. So we've got some things to get to. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a Dose. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos. We'll be back. When life sounds too much like this, 
It's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits, and world-class wine to chips, dips, and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, Shout. cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. 